to The Hop with Gabe and Steven. Your favorite drinking bros are here for this wonderful Thirsty Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us on our round 103rd. That's a lot of rounds, Steven. One zero three is here, and we're going back into a brewery this week. Last week we had a little Broadway party, uh, but we're bringing things back down to earth, uh, and we're going to California for a little stop yeah. at Knee Deep Brewing. Knee Deep Brewing out of Auburn, sort of Northern California-ish. They are uh, pretty famous for their Breaking Bud, which we're going to try today. Uh, But they also have a whole bunch of other dope beers. And um, yeah, I see them all the time in California. They have a beer that we are drinking on the show that uh, I'm a little scared of, if I'm going to be completely honest. But as we always say, you know, we showed up to work, so we're going to do it and we're going to do it well. So thank you so much for joining us. We're doing a beer together, we're splitting off doing our own beers, and we're going to have a good time. Uh, News and notes, brewery, can arts and crafts, last call, all the fun shit. All the good stuff. Um, Yeah, and uh, and Christmas is fast approaching, and we're getting down to it, and it's weird, and I finished another semester, and I have one semester left of grad school, and it's like, I just can't believe how fast this year has come to an end, even though... If you want to see Steven record an episode with his wearing his cap and gown, please like, comment, and subscribe because I listen, if we get enough people who want that, we can make it happen. I'll pressure him into doing it. Can we? Can we? I would do it for the oh, people. We can. I would do it for the people if they followed us over at the HO Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, or they sent us an exactly. email, maybe the HOPod at gmail.com, or uh, especially if they were to write a review or rate the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Amazon, wherever you can listen to us. Uh, if we got enough love on any of those places, I might do a full episode of The Hop in a cap and gown wearing a square on my head. I think it'd be great. <laughs> uh, we do have an announcement before we move into the uh, stuff, which is that this coming year... So we've been doing this show every single Thursday for two uh, straight years, and we've been dropping an episode Never Missed a Week, and we take great pride in that. However, uh, there are um, only so many breweries in the world, which is certainly not to say we've hit all of them. Um, definitely only so many breweries in our radius. And mm. as that uh, has become clear to us, we are going to try for the new year uh, releasing episodes on a slightly different schedule, which is just every other week. So there will be a new episode in your feeds every other Thursday in the off weeks, uh, you can look for more engagement from us on socials, different things like that. We're kind of playing around with ideas, you know, uh, but the good news is that there are a hundred and at that point, 106 episodes in the backlog for you to go check out. We don't put up paywalls or anything. We don't ask for money. We don't have a subscription or anything like that. We're completely free and all of our episodes are available. So if you want to go back to the beginning and start working your way through in the off weeks, you can do that. If you're super depressed about it, let us know. If we got a huge backlash, we might reconsider, but um, that's what we're going to be doing for the, for the time being. So just uh, making that announcement now, we'll mention it again, but going into the new year, we will release an episode that first Thursday of January, and then it will be every other week moving forward after that. Yeah, but we will continue to do what we do, make great episodes, um, and as Stephen mentioned, we're going to be engaging even more with social media. We'll make sure we stay on your radar, make sure we stay... Uh, 
stay hopping, if you will. Um, but yeah, that is our little announcement. Um, again, follow us on all the things, uh, breweries to repeat breweries to hit up next. And, uh, any feedback is really, uh, helpful to us. So please keep engaging with us. Keep sending us links, keep sending us beers, keep sending us good vibes and positive smiles. Uh, we are here for you guys. As opposed to negative smiles, which are creepy. All right, we have a lot to do. We're going to kick it off. Beer news. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, news happening in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's see, some highlights here. Analysts are starting to predict a decline in uh, hard seltzer growth next year. They're predicting that... uh, Darn. Uh, Darn it. Ready to drinks and craft beer are going to take up more space on shelves. So who knows? But last year they predicted hard seltzer would take off and they were right. So there's that. Uh, Constellation Brands has settled their dispute with uh, the Mexican government. We had talked about this before that they were in a dispute trying to make a new brewery in Mexico somewhere. They've settled on a location. So uh, they'll be making Corona at a new spot somewhere in the southeast of Mexico in a year or two. And outside of that, just a lot of Christmassy, wintry beers coming out. A lot of Santa stuff. The Trogues Mad Elf Grand Crew. Uh, I've seen a bunch of, just a bunch of them, a bunch of Imperial Stouts maturing, being released. You know, it's that time of year. The the uh, the the 25 beers f- uh, for Christmas, that uh, the advent calendar, mm-hmm. that's been a big hit. Like, that is something that we saw and we commented on, but I think since we've talked about it, I see it everywhere now. So that's another big thing. If you want to really get into the holiday spirit with beer, uh, new beer for the 25 days of Christmas. So get on it. Our first story uh, is not is not fun, but it's something we've been talking about a lot this year. Reports of sexual misconduct at Hailstorm Brewing. Hailstorm Brewing, a small craft company out of Tinley Park, Illinois, not one that a lot of people have heard of. This one is is maybe not so much worth reporting on, but I feel that it was it bears mentioning that it happened. So uh, their co-owner and head brewer, a guy named Steve Miller, he was accused on Facebook, uh, reports surfaced on Facebook of sexual misconduct against a fellow employee when they were at an after party at a beer festival in Madison, Wisconsin, Miller subsequently admitted that the reports were were accurate and, you know, essentially admitted the behavior. So he was uh, pretty swiftly terminated and severed from his position. In a statement, Hailstorm Brewing said that they are, quote, deeply disturbed by the incident. They've reached out to the victim and uh, also, quote, based on the incidents, this owner will no longer be affiliated with Hailstorm Brewing as an owner, investor or employee. His dismissal does leave Hailstorm without a brewer. He was the sole member of the brewing team. So um, they got to fix that and quick because otherwise there ain't no beer coming out. But uh, Miller had to go for sure. He also resigned his position as a board member on the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild Board of Directors. So lots of swift action happening here. Uh, Another testament to, you know, the Brave Noise beer initiative that we've talked about a lot. But... 
this brewery, it should be noted that no other employee from the brewery was at this event. The brewery had absolutely no knowledge of it, according to all of the other owners, and they have categorically denied any knowledge of the incidents, any kind of cover-up, anything like that. So we should say that. I take them at their word on that. Lots of swift action taking place um, outside of what I said already. It would be, you know, it's all the, the usual stuff for the training, outside counsel, you know, investigations, different things like that. But uh, another brewery losing a member of their leadership team due to something that shouldn't be happening ever. So um, there you go. No fun. Uh, they also mentioned that they're going to have an outside firm come in and do training um, mm-hmm. and it will give other employees a chance to speak to a third party anonymously if they want to report anything else that may have gotten missed. I think that's a great idea. That way they don't have to talk to um, like any owners or anyone that's in charge. But um, yeah, this is just another one. Um, as we always say, guys, clean it up. Clean it up. Moving right along in the news and notes, uh, there is a new statewide shipping option in my good old state of New York called Drac, Drac, called, called Drink. I saw the word craft and I mixed them together. Called Dracula, New York. Dracula, Here. New York City. <laughs> It is called Drink New York Craft. It's an e-commerce website hoping to help the New York microbreweries get their beer into every residence statewide. Uh, you can find them at drinknyyorkdrinknycraft.com. Direct-to-customer model allows for small independent breweries to overcome the distribution challenges that they're facing every single day. Volume, funding, other stuff that's going on. They're hoping that this new source and website can really help them out. Uh, the company obtained a license allowing them to buy as a wholesaler and sell as a retail retailer. Hashtag business. Uh, the current brewery partners are a bunch of places you've probably never heard of. Heritage Hill, Eli Fish, Underground. Eli Fish sounds familiar. Underground Beer Lab, Willow Rock, and more. Uh, they're making their own beer as well. It looks dope, and we are here for it. And another great thing happening to the state in which I live in. Love to see beer being shipped. Love to see more ways to get beer that you couldn't otherwise get. One thing this podcast has really made clear to us is that, you know, that you are somewhat limited by the distribution map that you live in. So uh, this is great. Especially that, when know, both of your co-hosts live on opposite sides of the country. That's correct. <laughs> Oh, I love this story so much. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> Heineken is being sued. Heineken USA has been sued by a Louisiana resident named Kathleen Wilson, and she's suing them because their Heineken 0.0 non-alcoholic beer option contains 0.3% alcohol by volume. That is no, awkward. Oh, guys. It's it's funny because I mean, I've always known this. Like if you like if you get like O'Doul's, which is supposed to be a non-alcoholic beer, it is like 0.8% alcohol. It's not, it's not no alcohol. It's, it's very, very little alcohol. But in this day and age of athletic brewing and all that, I really, I think that there are genuinely not, I'm pretty sure those are non-alcoholic beers. So it's funny that this is, uh, what Heineken is being sued for. And it's also funny that this lady, didn't know that or it felt that she I don't know she's claiming that this is a violation of the Louisiana Unfair Trade Practices Act violation of state consumer fraud acts breaches of express warranty implied warranty of merchantability 
the lawyers out there can tell me what any of this means. Magnuson yeah. Moss <laughs> Warranty Act, fraud and unjust enrichment. I, she's defending herself. She's she's her own lawyer in court, which wow. my dad's favorite saying is is uh, the defendant that defends himself has a fool for a client, which in other words means don't ever do that. So I hate, I don't wah, like wah. Heineken because, you know, obvious. Stay thirsty, my friend. I don't, and then I find this lady's probably dumb because she is <laughs> suing Heineken over this. I mean, I, I tried to, I tried to sue someone a year ago and it was so stressful that I couldn't get the paper served and eventually I just gave up. I was like, fuck it, man. And this lady is going through all that stress over 0.3% alcohol in Heineken. What it it's so funny to me. It's just I want to watch the world burn. Yeah. I love it. Here's the here's the here's what I'll say. Number one, the reason why it was hard for you to get the paperwork through is because you didn't go to the person and say, you got served and then throw the paper at them. It has to be dramatic. It has to have oomph. I, Otherwise, the court's not gonna look at it. That's just a fact. And I certainly two, tried. <laughs> I will play devil's advocate just a little bit. Um I think her defending herself is not a good idea, so I'm not on board with that. But think about like, I hate to be that guy, but I'm just going to say it. Like, think about people who like have drinking problems. Like, yeah, yeah, like that's it's it could be a little dangerous, you know, so for the sake sake of people's health, I get it. Yeah. But if she she doesn't roll off the tongue the same way, though. Right, that's true. If she herself is like, oh no, I'm not like I don't have a problem with drinking. I just they just lied. I'd be like, all right, girl. Like, but I don't know her story. All I'm saying is that this I find this very funny, and I just I I don't know why. I really hope that she wins the lawsuit, and I hope that it becomes known as Heineken zero point three, because that would really make my day. But or it could be. Heineken, the Kathleen Wilson version. I think she's going to get laughed out of court, but what do I know? And last but not least, who likes cannabis in their drinks? Show of hands? Anyone? Well, good news for all you who want it, because it's coming. Breckenridge Distillery. They're a company out of Breckenridge, Colorado. They've been acquired by Tilray, which is a global cannabis company that's been making a lot of moves lately. Uh, they recently partnered with Sweetwater, as we mentioned many times. Their intent to create a, quote, cannabis-infused, non-alcoholic distilled spirits once federal permission grants them. So, more weed water. And this is a thing that's been popping up. This is something that we're going to keep reporting on. But I always thought it was like... The, the weed water was kind of like the cousin of like the seltzer, and now they're making like a hard liquor with it. Although it doesn't have alcohol. Although it doesn't in have. It. Al- that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Like, how do you make like non-alcoholic vodka? Isn't vodka just straight up like alcohol? What do you rubbing I mean, alcohol? I I mean, so you just are taking the alcohol out of it, but you're putting weed into it. What's I mean? I don't know. I don't even know what this is going to be, but I'm. I'm intrigued though. I am intrigued. I Here's the thing though, like if you're out at a bar, I'm not I don't want to order this. I don't want to be out at a bar with no. my friends and take two I, sips and be like, Bruh. I do not have enough information on what would happen to me if I drank cannabis to try that in any kind of public setting. I need a few experiments at home 
I yeah. need to know the timeline. I mean, because you need to learn. I may or may not have ingested an edible cannabis product or two in my life. And from my experience, there's a little lag time. I mean, <laughs> it's just not the kind of thing that you would do at a bar. It's a little different. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah let me drink this drink. Are we going to be here for like three to four hours, though? Because I'm not really going to feel this buzz until we get home. I don't know. Yeah, I, I maybe it's I don't know interesting. But, you know, Colorado was one of the first states to say, bring our weed here. Uh, yes. We want weed. We want it now. Um, so it makes sense that it's it's always in Colorado, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, we'll report on it more as it comes through. Um, I would love to see their tests subjects for this. And, like, they're all like, like, so, Jeremy, how does this make you feel? Bro, dude. <laughs> whoa. Like, who knows? And with that... Gabe's going to lead us in knee deep into the beer. Love me some jazz. Here we go. When I'm gone, don't bury me at all. Just pickle my bones and alcohol. Put a bottle of liquor at my head and feet, and then I'll know my bones will keep. Now, Stephen, raise a glass with me, a glass of beer from the one and only Knee Deep. Cheers. The glass is raised. Leave one wolf alive. And the sheep are never safe. Leave leave is one what it wolf says alive. And then they go they go get the other wolves and then and then it's a pack and then you have to deal with the the problem. Ignore me. Obviously, so named as a slight play on the Breaking Bad. Now, I had this beer a very long time ago uh, because it's on the can wall that we often refer to, which is a can, a wall of cans in Gabe's apartment, which used to also be my apartment where we stack all cans. I don't think it's on the wall. It was anymore. It 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 sure was. was. I don't know if you took it down, but it sure, sure was. Uh, and I just remember I, I literally bought it because I saw it and I was like a breaking bad beer. Yes, I would. Yes, buy this. of course. Uh, full disclosure. I did really want to make a sound drop a sound bite out of the done done like the opening credits music. You but I have. knew we would get so sued. Well, so we, I said, maybe not. We probably would. Because this brewery got sued because of this. But we'll we'll talk yeah. about that later. Uh, yeah. This beer is 6.5% <laughs> ABV. Its IBUs are at 50. Beer Advocate 92. Untapped 3.9. The hop bill in this bad baby is Simcoe, CTZ, and Mosaic hops. The malts are crystal mm. hops. Or the malts are crystal malts. I am sorry. And from the can, this is a true West Coast IPA. A restrained malt profile of American two-row German wheat and a touch of English crystal give the beer its golden straw color and allows the hops to shine. Mosaic, Simcoe, and Columbus provide dank aromas and flavors of tropical fruit, pine, leading to a refreshing dry finish. You know, I love the West Here's Coast. the thing, though. Knee deep. You got to up- I, I think you got to update the website a little bit because it said like hops and malts, and then it had the description and it had other stuff. And I was like, oh, wait. Uh, so... 
Uh, yeah, I guess with the malts, it's American two-row and German wheat and the English crystal. Yes, I would. But, yeah, it's West that's, Coast style. At least that's what's on the can. But uh, yeah, it's West Coast True. style in the glass. It's it's clear. It's golden SRM, maybe around a seven-ish in that sort of range. Maybe yeah, a little darker um, even. It's it's very uh like think about that yellow hay, but make it like a couple a little bit darker. Yeah, it's like it's 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 pretty like yellow, but it's 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 golden, I'm, but it's got a little a little amberness to it. But it's golden. There's no yeah. plenty of bubbles coming up from the bottom. Uh, some great head retention. Yeah, the, when when you first pour this beer, it's like a pillow of head. It's it's great. So, um, and right now I think I've got about maybe half an inch of some foamy white fluffiness. Yeah, uh, it and and some good lacing and but no haze is the thing, which Correct. is true to the West Coast style. So I'm excited for this one, um, even though I've had it before. But I wasn't analyzing it in the same way because when I had it before, it was like here's an IPA, and that's literally why it's funny to me that like they got sued over the breaking <laughs> because that I mean I wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't for that. You know, like I was just right. like that's hilarious. Let me grab this. Um, yeah, that. So for those of you on YouTube, this is you see it. For those of you not on YouTube, it's basically a knee deep. Their artwork, they have like this hop monster guy. It, it kind of looks like like if you know the show Rick and Morty, it's kind of like that kind of um, uh, cartoon illustration. And he's wearing a lab coat and he's holding a beer and there's a truck and there. It, it just looks it, it. it's a big play on the Breaking Bad like logo and theme and what have you and uh sony people over at sony said hey that's our logo and they decided to sue the brewery now i was unable to find the outcome of it you found it steven well i found a response from the brewery the brewery did so they they sued them claiming intellectual property theft that they had lifted the breaking bad theme but it was years after i mean this beer debuted uh and then it was years later that they got sued so it was kind of a funny response which i will read here because i found it delightfully snarky the brewery said (laughs) uh the one of the owners of the brewery said, I was surprised by the unexpected lawsuit filed against us by Sony yesterday, especially after they originally contacted us many years ago, touting their appreciation of our Breaking Bud beer that made gentle fun of their show. Shortly after Breaking Bud was introduced in 2015, I received an email from a Sony representative that said, quote, it seems like the Knee Deep team are big fans of Breaking Bad and we really appreciate the call out to our very popular show. Soon thereafter, I spoke with a Sony representative. We discussed potential benefits of a partnership. Ultimately, we decided not to pursue it. Uh, no point during those discussions did Sony ever threaten to sue Knee Deep over the name of the beer. I've always yeah, been under the impression the that they had no issue with Breaking Bud ever since. Uh, and then it goes on and on. Um, so I, maybe somebody like took over and they were like, hey, screw that. My favorite part is no one has ever thought the joke meant we were endorsed by Breaking Bad. We are a small brewery and I don't appreciate the distraction, not to mention the expense of having to deal with something that should have been addressed three years ago if Sony really had an issue with it. That's Shots hilarious. Fired. But so I, we don't have the outcome in front of us because, I mean, I guess we could have if we did um, any research, but, you know. If we gave any effort into this show. 
But what I will say is that when I had this beer years ago in probably 2016, um, it was a different label. This beer, which is not going to show up because of the green man, uh, this does not have the sort of iconic BR at the beginning and the BU in little um, periodic table boxes, and it used yes. to. So yeah. it does not that have that true. anymore. So maybe... Maybe they changed it enough that the company was like, "All right, that's, yeah. you can get away with it." The font thought, is the same, but I think that I think that they did end up changing the can artwork because yeah, of it. I I thought like maybe Sony would be like, "All right, well, since it's our logo, we want like five percent of every, you know, we want five percent of all the money you make off of selling this one beer." But I well, that, yeah, that's I'm that's not, exactly what I, it I can't is. confirm that that's what happened, but um, but anyway. That's hilarious, and <laughs> if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, um, do yourself a favor and go watch it, because it's yeah. incredible. Uh, this beer has won some awards, uh, to name some specific ones. In 2017, it won the Silver Award at the LA International Beer Competition, and then it also won Silver in 2016 at the San Diego International Beer Festival. So we should probably get to drinking it and stop talking about it, and I will tell you that on the nose, it's, you know, West Coast IPA, fruity the Simcoe is bringing a whole lot of herbs uh, and earthiness and spiciness to it. The hops are are bitter. There's a piney dankness to it. Um, but, you know, definitely some of that fruitiness, some tropical, I would say, you know, in the mango guava range that's coming from the mosaic. Um, definitely not juicy smelling, but citrusy smelling with uh, the balance between that and the, and the pine. I don't smell a lot in the way of the malts at all other than that slight sort of herbal earthy quality which could be partly attributed to the wheat that's in here as well yeah i would agree with that i think it's very uh grassy in a way it it smells a little and this is gonna sound really wrong and i really don't mean it this way i don't mean this in a negative way but it smells a little like musty but I, mm. that's because of the earthiness, the hoppiness, the the bite that's inevitably going to come with this. Um, but again, that's yeah. not a bad. That's not a negative way of saying it. You know what I mean? It's just it, it's it's very piney, resin, earthy, grassy. Like it's very. That's is what it is. I'm not getting a whole lot of fruit, to be honest with you. I'm getting some in the back end, but in the background, but up front, it's just like well, it's it's an IPA. Another word for it might be pithy. It's like a uh, grapefruit yes. rind sort of pith type thing. So let us let us so sip. You this is this is uh familiar to you and this is new for me. So I'm excited to finally join you. Cheers. Cheers everybody. Yeah, it's very good. It's it follows the nose very well. I feel that the bite the bitter is more grapefruit bitter than resin it's not a very resinous beer it's not a very piney beer um there is a bite to it but it's more like eating like a slightly bitter piece of citrus um all the citrus is there the wheat adds sort of a flakiness in the mouthfeel there's a, there's a biscuity quality to this as far as the mouthfeel goes, I would say it's light to medium bodied. I would say the carbonation is sort of moderate, right where you want it. And I would say it's very smooth. I mean, it's it's a smooth 
bitter biting beer, plenty of lacing along the sides. And the aftertaste, though, is very, very bitter. I mean, there's a lot of lingering bite. If you don't like IPAs, this one is the kind of IPA that made you probably hate IPAs. It's got a lot of bitterness to it, but I don't hate that. I'm kind of into it because it is flavorful, because it adds so much to the beer itself. I think it's pretty straightforward. I think it's very good. I think I would like the ABV just slightly higher, just based off of, I don't know. I think what off of the smell, I was expecting like an 8.5% bite. And then mm. on the taste and on the, the facts, it's just 6.5. So I think... For us, it can kind of mess with your head a little bit, but I love a West Coast. Um, I agree with what you said about fla- the the malts making it like a little flaky. Mm-hmm. I think that was a perfect description of it because there is a sense of like smoothness to it when it sits in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's very smooth, sort of. It's not creamy. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, soft, slick. Well, okay, those are two different words, but slick is the word I was okay. going for. Um, yeah. Uh, on the when you swallow it, that's when you get the bitter back end. But like when you're when you just have it, just like swish around your mouth. I mean, that's when it, it the 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 flakiness of the malts really play a factor in that, and that's something that to this day, how many beers have we had? Four thousand and eleven. Uh, to this day it's still interesting to me whenever we get a beer like that like when that happens i'm just like whoa like that's it's just crazy to me i don't love the hop profile personally i would like because this one i just man it's personal preference it's got nothing to do i'm not judging the beer one way or the other but it's just personal preference if you're gonna call it a west coast ipi i'm like just go there just make it biting bitter. Simcoe and Mosaic hops are sort of classically uh, citrusy, juicy hops. They do have that earthiness. I just want something, you know, and I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe like a, maybe a centennial or something. I don't know what the hop is that I'm missing. I'm missing something danker. And then the CTZ, that is, CTZ are Columbus, Tomahawk, and Zeus hops they're kind of indistinguishable from each other usually they come in a pellet so it's one of those three they're Mm. basically the same thing but again those are earthy they're pungent they're spicy they're i just feel like it's a lot of the same kind of thing so the beer ends up having a lot of that earthy spiciness which i do think for me just sort of backs off the west coast thing a little bit i i know what hop you're missing Saz, bro. Also, we have two hop jokes on the hop. That's good. We just love saying those hot, like, Saz, bro. I would take some Saz. I would love some Galaxy, but I don't know if it would work in this with the others. Um, So maybe not. I love a Galaxy hop. Galaxy hop anything I'll drink, but not in this one. But Saz, Tetanang. Yeah, something something to give it uh, more of a spin, but I yeah. think it's straightforward. I think it's pretty cool. Um, let's talk about Knee Deep Brewing, fine craft beers. 
Let's get knee deep. Uh, yeah, they're a family-owned microbrewery, been in the biz since 2010. They just this past July celebrated their 11th year of life. Their first beer uh, was contract brewed in South Lake Tahoe, California, and then they um, transferred to other two breweries that they were contract brewing out of finally in mid-2011, so about a year and a half in or a year in or so. They began brewing on their own in a facility that they ended up buying, I believe. Um, they now have a tap room. You can see it behind me. Um, in Lincoln, California? Where the hell is Lincoln, California? Good question, Gabe. I don't know the answer to that. I think it's probably somewhere Great. north, but let's find out on a map. Uh, Great. Does anybody have a map? This is great um, audio. It's inland a little bit. It's cut, yeah, yeah, near uh, Sacramento. So super north. That's that's interesting. But yeah, they've 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 been around for a little bit. Uh, they have won numerous awards for, uh, over the years. If you go on their website and look at each beer, um, you'll be able to see what awards they have won. They are known for their IPAs. So if you're an IPA lover. <sighs> I'm not saying oh, they yeah. don't have something for you, but you gotta you gotta take a look um, because they have a great great selection. We'll get into those later, but we have a great selection of uh, different IPAs and doubles and just other stuff that they have at the brewery. Yeah, they have uh, first of all a beautiful spot. Um, they call it their laboratory. Uh, they have you know their hop guy that you were talking about that's on the can, sort of painted over the doorway and. The space is this space behind me. What you're looking at here is the bar. Uh, and then there's a big, you know, all these picnic tables out in this area. And then behind that oh, wall, I assume, is where production You know what happens. it reminds me of? If you go on the website and just the homepage, it's just like a little video of like the entire room that's behind you right now. It reminds me a lot of Trogues in uh in pennsylvania because it's just like this big like kind of looks like an airport hangar like it's just this huge open room with uh the bars and it's a couple tvs i don't know if they have a kitchen uh they should um but it, it looks insane it just looks very open it looks like you can bring in a giant group in there um as of 2020 uh they are now in a 37,000 square foot brewery with a 15-barrel system, uh, has been replaced with a 40-barrel brew house as well as 10-barrel pilot system. So they got a lot of stuff. They have a lot of stuff. They also have uh, something called the Lynx, which I believe is a golf simulator that you can do at the... Uh, oh, is that the thing where like you hit it into the screen and it like it's like a video game? Yes, they have two simulators that you can reserve. It's called the Link Set Knee Deep. It's in the brewery, and you can. It's not just golf. They have other simulators. They're equipped with nice. eighty-four championship courses to play, but also thirteen multi-sport games, including football and baseball. So you can go in there, drink a beer, and go to town oh hitting God. a golf ball against a screen. That's, uh, that's dangerous to some people. Or soccer. Like here's a picture of a lady. She's about to kick a soccer goal. Uh, this is really cool. And you could just sit there with your beer and like these kids are playing some form of yeah, basketball. Yeah, so it's a good spot. Bring the kids. You can have bring, a beer and they can play sports. <laughs> bring the kids. Exactly. Uh, so wow. they have some fun we, stuff we there. Give... They got merch. <laughs> they have they have a lot of merch all on no. the website. Um, they're, they have a very strategic theme that they stick with this little green monster guy um yeah. little hot man 
Uh, and like as I said, uh, Rick and Morty esque. And the beers that they have, I mean, we'll we'll get into it, but they have, like Gabe said, just so many IPAs. Number one, I mean, they have uh, IPAs on IPAs. We have two more to drink ourselves, but they also have other stuff. They've got, you know, every. I mean, just one that just popped up right now: raspberry mocha cream stout. Come on, like, let's at, go. Where, where is oh. he? Where Bang! is he? Exclamation point! I mean, uh, you can't say all of those words in a row and not get mm-hmm. at least Mike or somebody giving it up. So. We'll get more into that uh, as we go on, but we should move on to other beers. Uh, so our final thoughts here on the Breaking Bud. I would say it's a very, very fun label, which is very eye-catching. As an IPA, it works. I don't think it's a standout IPA, but I think it's a solid one, and I think it does the job, and I think it's the kind of beer that it should be. It's a flagship and a, a classic for a reason. You know, It's part of their year-rounder for a reason. It's just a solid... Just does the job IPA. I think this is the type of beer that would taste better coming straight from the tap at the brewery. Mm. That being said, I do like it. I don't get a lot of that fruitiness off of the smell. I get a little more on the taste, but it is the West Coast style. We love those. Those work. It is a straightforward IPA. Uh, I think it's a great starter beer for the beers we're about to do. So I'm glad we went in this order. And uh, I think you should go first. So I'm going to turn over to your beer. I completely agree. (laughs) I got their Citra Extra IPA. Now, they have a Citra Extra Pale Ale. This is the IPA. Uh, Unfortunately, I can't really show the can art on YouTube. Well, there (laughs) There we go. go. It's kind of in there. Uh, It's a green hop. I get it. Vibrant green hop on the front that I would describe as green screen green. (laughs) But I'm excited for this beer. It is 7% ABV. The IBUs are at 45. Beer Advocate 4.07. Untapped 3.84. SRM chart, I would put it around an 8 or a 9. It's darker than the last one. It's more of an amber color. It does have more of a haze to it. It's not juicy, theoretically. It's not a hazy IPA per se. But it has a haze to it or a cloudiness to it in the glass. From the brewery, a single hop West Coast style American pale ale with intense hop flavor and aroma. This is a citrus bomb that has grapefruit and passion fruit aroma and citrus lime flavors. I'm excited for it because it's just a celebration of the citra hop. Now, citra brings the bitter side of citrus. Citra is grapefruit and lime it's often balanced out with those mosaic and simcoe that's what we see a lot in those hazy ipas the mosaic and the simcoe as we just saw with the last one bring the spicy the earthy the herbal the pithy citra by itself does have a kind of bitter quality to it which is why i think that this is going to lean west coast even though when we hear citra we typically think new england the malt is a blend of canadian and german this is just a perfect episode for you two west coasters Yes, and I, I <laughs> just looking at it, I'm already like, I think this one might even be, I mean, believe it or not, because when I hear Citra Hop, I roll my eyes, but this one might even be more West Coast than the West Coast one that we just drank. So nice. I'm drinking out of a tulip glass. Uh, it poured with about a half an inch of eggshell foam that was pretty stringy. 
it has dissipated, but it had a decent retention at first. There's a little bit of lacing here going on. Uh, and here we go. I'm going to smell it now. Looks good. Looks like a classic West Coaster. And uh, I'm instantly jealous already. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll just tell you why I'm excited about it. And it's because it reminds me a lot of Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA which is a juicy IPA, a lot of citrus, but when you drink it, it's very, very bitter and dank. And that's what I get off the smell. I mean, I get a lot of grapefruit off this. I get a lot of citrus off this, yes. But it's got, and, and there's some melon and there's some peach, but there's some, some hop bite that I wouldn't describe as resinous on the nose, but I would describe it as definitely sort of a, a piney sort of, rainforest like it's it, there's something bitter about it which i'm really excited about um huh. i think that sometimes i just think we don't get to see enough citra by itself so i think this is a celebration of a hop that we don't get to experience that often so citra this is your chance to shine baby <laughs> <laughs> okay we're low on time so i'm gonna drink it uh but yeah citra extra ip yay you enjoy that. Um, IP. Yay! <laughs> he just had to do it. Oh, yeah. That's really, really good. That is really, really, really good. Um, it's got all of the, yeah, all of the, all of the citrus is there. It follows the nose. The caramel malt is present. It balances it out really nicely. Uh, it's not, certainly not the star of the show, obviously. But there's, there is a lot of resin in here. There's a lot of grapefruit rind. There's a lot of, the bitter side of citrus. And so it's not the kind of West Coast IPA that we might think of when we think of like, I don't know, the resin double IPA from Six Point or even like Pliny the Elder or something like that. It's not that kind of IPA, but because it, it is more citrusy and more juicy than that, but it's got a bite. It's got a moderate carbonation. It's very slick in the mouth, uh, medium bodied. I, yeah, I mean, I would... I would probably describe it as a juicy IPA, but a juicy IPA with bite, which is is rare. I mean, the only one, the only comp I can think of is the Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA. Which so is it more West Coast or is it more New England? I would say it's more of a West Coast. Okay. I just don't typically think of this much citrus in a West Coast IPA. Interesting. And I think that that is something that doesn't happen as as often as it could and. Maybe it's surprising it doesn't, but it's because we muddle these, you know, all these blends of hops. Sometimes just let the one hop shine, man. Yeah. Give Citra its due, and they did, and it's, uh, it's, it's really, really good. It's about again. It's it's a classic IPA. It does everything you want your IPAs to do. I don't think that if you weren't analyzing it in the like the way I'm analyzing it is very in depth, right? I, I don't think if you just were drinking it that you might it might like stop you in your tracks. I think you might just drink this and be like, yeah, it's good. But uh, spring, summer, winter, fall, all of the all above. Of, all of the above, especially especially Great. fall and winter, though, because it's got a good, it's got a warming quality to it. It's not, it's not super boozy. I mean, they could bump this up to a diaper really easily, and I'm pretty sure that they have. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, all all of the above, really. It's it's just a. Oh, yeah. Fairly sturdy IPA, certainly not crushable by any means. Uh, definitely packs a punch. 
but it's it's warming, it's delicious, it's uh, just juicy enough, just bitter enough. It's a lot of things that just ping pong around in your mouth. And and they did all that by just focusing on one hop. So sometimes simplicity is is key. And this is a, a celebration of that. I appreciate. Good for you, Citra. You did it. All right. Can well I done. take the reins? Can you tag me okay. in? Yeah, go, go, go. All right. Do it for do it for both of us, man. I'm in it. Here we go. I oof. I'm a little scared, but we're gonna do it. I have the midnight hoppiness. It is a rye black imperial IPA. Holy balls, here we go. It is 9.5%. There are 100 IBUs. I don't think we've ever had a beer be 100 before. I'm going to cry. Yeah. We have. The resin is 120, I think. But Oh, well then, excuse me. Uh, beer Advocate gave it a 91. Untapped gave it a 3.91. Ratebeer.com found their rating. They gave it a 99. Uh, from the brewery, dark malt and high hop flavor. Why have one or the other when you can have both? Rich dark malt flavors and wonderfully complemented by a distinct yet balanced hop presence, aromas, and flavors of citrusy hops merge delicately with a mild chocolate-like malt character. Now, that's why this is the weird shit I want for this show. This is why we're drink, I'm drinking this beer. We would both be doing it, but I just happen to get my hands on this solo. It's flavors of citrusy hops merge with mild chocolate-like malt character. That doesn't happen a lot. So here we go on the SRM chart. I mean, it's a solid 40. It's jet black uh, holding up to the light. I see a little brown. I guess you can call it. If you want to call it a 39, you have to call it like a 39 and a half. I mean, this is like jet black. It looks very good. And I'm going to take a few sniffs. Holy crap. It looks. Yeah, it looks. Uh, I'm I'm just so jealous. I'm going to run down to my local beer store and buy one for myself because I'm pretty sure I've seen it there and I don't know why I'm not drinking it with you. But I think like what I did is really a nice case study in different kinds of hops. So I'm happy I did it, but I'm very jealous of what you're about to go through right now. Coffee, espresso, roasted malt, hops, regular malt, balance off of the nose. How about the booziness? Any alcohol? It's, I gotta be honest, it doesn't smell that boozy, and I think it's because it smells a lot like coffee. Um, I'm sure I'll get it in the taste, but right off of the smell, I don't think blind, you know, if I'm blindfolded and I'm just smelling it, I don't know that I'm like, whoa, 9.5. I think it, that's gonna be hard to tell, um, but I'm about to drink it. Uh, the awards, 2019, it won a silver award for best of craft beer, and in 2018, it won bronze for the same category. Um, this beer looks incredible, and here we go. Knee deep. Thank you. It is just such a rare combination. I mean, black IPAs are are rare. They're just they're just rare. Black Imperial IPAs are rare. Uh, it is very 
rare and mind-blowing to have that combination of roasted malt, which is how you create a black beer. That's why stouts are the way they are, because the malt is roasted, right? It's very rare to have that combination with the hop combination that is uh, prominent and featured the way an IPA is. So, uh, And judging by how Gabe looks right now, it looks like he's having a whole experience. <laughs> no, I'm fine. It's really fine. Okay, holy balls. This beer will put hair on your chest. The booze is so strong. It's very carbonated. Off of the flavor, I got to be honest, I'm not getting fruit. I'm not getting citrus. I'm not getting their description, citrusy hops. Bullshit. No, I'm sure it's accurate, but me personally, no. I'm getting coffee. I'm getting espresso. I'm getting a... Stout without the creaminess, so mm. a porter maybe, but it, it's in the coffee, toffee, espresso, roasted, blackened malts category. It's very, it, it's like tough. That's the mm. perfect word for this beer. It's very tough. It's, it, it's got kind of like a. It's obviously not as hard to drink as like hard liquor, mm-hmm. but. It, it's kind of like I feel like it's like bourbon's younger brother. You know what I mean? Ooh. Like there's it, it, I'm not getting a lot of bourbon vibes, but or a lot of bourbon taste. But I'm getting a lot of like like, you know, when you take a shot of something, there's a party that's like, OK, damn it. Ugh, all right. We did it. Like there's a hint of that in the beer. And I don't say that to scare anyone off. I'm not trying to say like this is hard to drink. It's not hard to drink. It's just it's very it's tough. It's. It's a it's a strong black rye black imperial IPA. I mean that alone should say uh oh, very bitter on the back end. 100 IBUs I would expect, but it's it's not unpleasant. It's just very noticeable. It's very flavorful in the coffee roasted category. This mm. reminds me of you just had a holiday meal with the family and when they broke out desserts and uh you know, in my house, my dad's making coffee in the kitchen for everyone. Um, that's it's it's that kind of vibe to me. But at the same time, it's very interesting. It's very weird. I would say it's it's very different. It's one of a kind. Uh, the 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 can artwork looks incredible. We'll I'll get into that in a second. But it's this this beer is quite literally the definition of an event beer this is not something you can sip lightly this is not something you can sip quickly this is not something that you can like i don't care if you're at a bar or at a backyard or if you're doing whatever like if you're drinking this beer you have to appreciate it you have to take a minute to stop and go okay wait a second what am i drinking what the hell let me read the can yada 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 so there's a sense of commitment that you have to give this beer. I don't know if that's the right word, but that's the weird word. That's the weird word I'm going with. There, you have to you have to commit to this beer if you're going to drink it. Knee deep, well done. This is weird, and I'm into it. I am so jealous. I just want to try it. I mean, I'm assuming winterish, cozy up by the fire ish. To a degree. Uh, fall, winter. I, I don't know yeah. if I'd be able to drink this during the summer. Uh, fall, winter, for sure. Yeah. 
I wish we could stay here longer, but we are running long. So it's time to get Bob Ross involved and get ourselves to the portion of the show where we talk about art because we are cultured people and that's what we do. Can Art and Crafts. Yeah. Ken Arts and Crafts is here. Bobby Ross showed up to work. He's a little hungover, but who gives a fuck? Going in order as usual. The Breaking Bud. Like we said, it's got a the hot monster guy, the, the normal logo of the brewery, wearing a lab coat, wearing the wearing one of the medals that the beer won. That's hilarious. Uh, it looks very Breaking Bad-esque theme. It's got the mountains in the background, solid uh, can with knee-deep brewing and bright yellow letters at the top, three bags of hops, which kind of look like drugs. It's Breaking Bad. If you like the TV show, you'll love that. Steven's can is also dope. It's very straightforward, but it's, it's, it's straightforward and simple, but at the same time, there's something really popping about this. The words kind of have like a fun font. The hop flower is just like a solid... Uh, hop flower with a banner across and there's kind of like a brownish blackish color in the background but it's light around the hop so it really makes it pop that can the one that steven has is definitely a can that if it's next to something else you won't lose it you'll be able to find it right away and then my midnight hoppiness is basically a headless horseman and he instead of holding his own head he's holding the hop monster guy of the brewery he's on a black horse you can't see them it's fog, it's midnight, it's dastardly, and it's great. It's it's Sleepy Hollow in a nutshell with Midnight Hoppiness written in creepy-ass font. I love it. I am going to do something I haven't done a lot recently. I'm going to also go off of some of the artwork of other beers of the brewery that we didn't drink on this show. They all have the theme of this little hot monster guy, and I think he plays really well. Uh, I'm not going to, for the sake of time, I'm just going to loop them all together. Uh, I'm going to give this a solid 9.2. I think the artwork is really cool. It's really different. The other beers really play a factor and the little hot monster guy is really cool. And again, these are the type of beers that like, I don't, if they're next to other beers that even have similar colors, you're not going to miss these because it's a very specific logo and, uh, you know, artwork that is on it. Bob Ross is here. Bob Ross agrees. Bob Ross has to go sleep because he's hungover. And that's another edition of Can Arts and Crafts. I like that it's become a tradition to throw Bob Ross across the room at the end of every Can Arts and Crafts, which makes for great audio, by the way. Uh, Hell yeah. As for what else they have on... Well, what else they have to offer in terms of their beers? You know, they rotate through stuff. They have a West Coast rotator, which I am not going to click on all category. But it's just—I assume it's just a bunch of West Coast IPAs that they just sort of circle through. One of which is a Galaxy, by the way, Gabe. Yep, that's Uh, I—I was going to mention that one. You beat me to it. Sorry, I—the one I want to pick out though is—is part of their um, their rotating category, their monthly rotating category, and it's called. The Imperial Tanilla, and it is a it's brewed with twice as many vanilla beans as the younger version, which is just Tanilla. This one's Imperial, so it's ten percent ABV, and it's got uh, chocolate, vanilla, and espresso flavors. It's an Imperial Porter. It looks 
delicious. So uh, I, um, that's some of this. And then we talked about it. Tons of IPAs, tons of hazy IPAs, tons of West Coast IPAs. They got one called the Beautiful Blonde. Because blondes Blondale. have more fun. Um, I wanted to quickly mention in the West Coast category, the Molly Wapped IPA. It is a West Coast style um, but it, on the cover, the artwork is the Batman slapping Robin beam. And <laughs> instead of Batman's head, it's the hop monster guy. And I just think it's hilarious. I would s- seriously buy this beer strictly because of the artwork. Um, sometimes that does play a factor. It absolutely does. That's why I bought the Breaking Bud the first time, honestly. And I know it's gimmicky and I know it's but I mean, that's that's important. That's why it's a segment on our show. Absolutely. Does it make sense to rank these? Probably not. I think we're both picking our individual ones. Yep. Uh, Easy, yep. done. Uh, Moving on. But Great. Knee deep, though. Uh, the tap room, again, it's behind me if you're watching on YouTube, which you should do, by the way. Subscribe, click the bell. You'll get notified when an episode goes live. But um, this is a great brewery that's uh, you know family-owned microbrewery that has risen up the rankings and has now a footprint in a lot of this country, most of this country and globally. And, um, you know, a real independent brewery success story. So once again, knee deep, well done. Well done guys. Welcome to the hop. We have, but one last thing to do. Steven, don't you hate it when actors are divas, when they're just not doing their job and they think they're better than everyone and sometimes they walk off set? Are you Diva actors me? are the worst. Who Ugh. would ever? Yeah. Well, it's... let's talk about this camel who walked <laughs> off set. There was a camel that was part of a live nativity scene in Kansas City, Kansas that escaped, ran away, wasn't didn't like the fact that he was part of the show and people in the area searched for the camel until 2 a.m. They could not find it, which let's talk, guys. It's a camel. Not really sure. If I saw a camel running down the road, I'd go, hey, there's a camel. Hey, but he got missed. Camel. <laughs> but I just think it's hilarious. It made it. It's weak. It made it onto the show for last call just because. How often do you see a live nativity scene, number one? Number two, how often do you see a camel just go, nah, man, I'm Jewish, and they just leave? It's really In this true, scenario, like you, the camel's Jewish. You would have to imagine that if they just put out a tweet saying, hey, we lost our camel, like someone would be like, I found it. It's Literally, right here. Literally, just I mean, look up. It's right there. How many places are there to hide in kansas city kansas look up from your barbecue for five minutes and find the camel stop roasting your burnt ends i'm sure they're gonna come out great we need to find this camel but it's hilarious it's it's uh bonner springs and god i uh, what i wouldn't give to remove one end to call it boner springs kansas but it's bonner (laughs) springs Uh, The police department was looking around for it. There was a tweet that came out with the police department and they said, quote, the camel was reunited with its owners and will go back to doing camel things. It apparently went 
onto a golf course. It ran around on a golf course and then it took quote from their Facebook post from this is the 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 Boner Springs Police Department <laughs> Facebook post. Uh, it took a leisurely jaunt down K7 Highway and into some neighborhoods. So this thing is running down the highway and they're having, I mean, I don't know if they were in hot pursuit. Maybe they were on it the whole time. Maybe they didn't have to find it. Maybe it wasn't lost. They just couldn't catch it. Maybe that's what but it see, was. But see, here's the thing. They looked for it until 2 a.m. And then the next day they found it at 1.15 on a Sunday. So it took the next day to get it. Well, it says officers in animal control were finally able to catch up to the animal. I know camels are fast-ish, but are they? don't we have but don't we have equipment that can go faster than a camel? I mean, I'm pretty Listen. sure that was pretty sure that was a Jaguar ad in like the 60s, faster than a camel, Jaguar. I'm pretty sure me on a broken skateboard with no wheels is faster than a camel. They cornered the animal in a backyard before it was lassoed and safely taken into custody. Brilliant. Brilliant. So they had to have a full-on rodeo to get this. This is this could this only is the most happen. Kansas, yeah. Yes. In this is the, the most Kansas thing we've ever heard. If there um, was a camels, camel loose in Connecticut, it would get captured in negative minutes. People would be like, camel, make it stop. People would literally freak out. They'd be like, holy shit, there's a camel. Somebody get it. Someone would tackle it. Someone would try to eat it. It would be weird. Connecticut, Someone in Bridgeport would be like, weird. is that a camel? Literally. It, it, in, in Bridgeport, it would probably die. Um, but Camels apparently spit. Like They do. They they will like cover your face. And so I can just think of how many people got covered in camel spit. When they were trying to lasso this big heifer. Well, maybe <laughs> camels run out of spit, though. Like, I uh, I mean, you can't just expectorate. Is that the word? Expectorate? It is the Expect? word. You can't just expectorate ad nauseum. Sometimes you run out of saliva. So what if it was just trying to spit and it was just dry, dry, dry And that's spitting, why he got dry. caught. He and couldn't spit he anymore, and the guy was he like... He could no longer projectile spit. <laughs> yeah. He catches him. What backyard? This camel, like, it's because this camel was in part of a was part of a nativity scene, and it was... It did a it did a Sea World sort of like I'm out of here, but it wasn't a whale, and it wasn't it didn't it could move on land, so it was able to get out. I would have loved to be at that performance of it, though. That is amazing. <laughs> This camel you know, literally said, screw this little baby. I'm out Because you here. know there was like some dad who didn't want to go and the mom like dragged him in the family and he's like there like missing the football game. He's like got one earbud in. He's like paying yeah. attention sort of. And then shit got really exciting and he's like laughing while everybody else is like Everyone running else away. Is like, no, the camel's <laughs> gone. And he's just like, ah. Yeah. Good for that guy and good for this yeah. camel. Some Listen. You can't force animals to be in plays. Sometimes they're divas and they don't want to do it. And that's the moral of this story. We need to go. Uh, I'm going to shift the tone real quick while we're on the subject of the Midwest and just say uh, our thoughts and prayers and love and uh, everything else goes out to everyone affected by the uh, onslaught of incessant tornadoes that happened uh, a week ago. And um, yeah. We hope everyone's okay. We know everyone isn't okay. And so if you're affected by that, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And, uh, you know, donate if you can, give if you can. Um, it's just uh, 
really mother nature is a fickle bitch and y'all got y'all got pummeled so um mother nature has no chill yeah absolutely uh we're we're here for you guys in any way we can be so and that said gave the chargers play tonight thursday december 16th you have anything to say you're playing and the chiefs I, 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 so. <laughs> As, oh, we are playing the Chiefs, aren't we? You're playing the Chiefs, yes. Hey, we beat them once this year, but as Arnold Schwarzenegger once said, and now, go Chargers, go. That'll work. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, we'll be back for 104 next week for Christmas. Be well. Camels have humps. <laughs>